Third and four, it's Bellage. There's a hole up the middle, dragging tacklers. Kalen Bellage inside the 25. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. Today I'm joined by Paul Pertichese. You can follow him on Twitter at Pauly23NY. One of the smarter people on Twitter. You can see his following base continue to grow. Paul, how are we doing today? Uh, really good. Happy to be here. Excited uh, to talk some Kalen Balaj tonight. One of the more polarizing running back prospects, I think, in this upcoming draft. He's very interesting. He's, I think right now he's a better athlete than he is football player, but I think you can also get very creative with him, and there, there's certainly a lot of upside there. And We'll, we'll get to that in a second, but... I, as I was talking with you a little pre-show is that everyone seems to value running backs differently and I think that's why you get the, these rankings that are just so different so when you look at a running back what is most important to you when evaluating the running back position I think a couple things I think vision is really important and we're talking when we're talking about natural running ability I think that is probably one of the most important traits I think the ability to absorb contact and finish your runs aggressively I think is really important to pick up those extra yards make it maybe second and six or instead of second and eight or third and two instead of third and five. I think that's really big. And then I think the ability to offer something unique in terms of receiving ability, pass catching ability, to be able to not just catch a dump off, but to really exploit defenses, to threaten linebackers, and to create mismatches out in open space. And those are probably the things that I look for most when evaluating the running back position. Listen, you sound like me a little bit there, so I'm happy to hear it. I, I've been beating this receiving drum all offseason. I, I get some pushback, but I think especially with the way the NFL is today, it's incredibly important. And you're absolutely right with vision. That's You can't really be a successful runner back if you have no vision and I, I, I like your point about running through contact I, I think it, that's a twofold thing it's basically creating yards and some people create them by making defenders miss some people make them by running through contact but I think those are all really valuable traits so let, let's jump right in with Kalen Balaj. what what about his game makes you most excited about him yeah so listen Balaj is one of like I said before really intriguing really polarizing when you look at him he's got great size good frame he checked in today at the combine I think it was uh, six, one and a half, 228 pounds. To me, you know, we don't know for sure yet, but watching on film, <clears throat> I see a guy that's going to be a really uh, good to great, maybe even elite athlete in terms of his linear speed, his burst, acceleration, and his quickness. I think we're going to see that. I think he's going to do really well in the 40-yard dash for his size. The vert, the broad jump, I think he's going to do really well in them. I'm not sure how well he's going to do in, in some of the agility drills. I think he'll be okay. I don't think he'll be you know, as poor as like Derrick Henry maybe tested last year when he did really well in all the other ones. So I think he's going to test that as a really good athlete. I think he has good balance and body control during his runs. I think he shows some of that ability, that strength, physicality, and toughness toughness to absorb contact and he has that forward lean to him that I think he does pick up some yards after contact and always seems to be falling forward I think he's versatile to line up all over the field you know at Arizona State even though I had an issue with their usage of him and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit but he, he lined up as a running back an H-back wildcat quarterback 
in the slot. So they moved him around a lot. He did a lot of different things. But I think the thing that makes me most excited about him is, is his receiving ability. And I know this year we didn't see much, only 20 catches for 91 yards. If you look back last year, though, much more productive in the passing game, 44 catches for 469 yards. But I think he's got route running ability. I think he just plays good hands. And I think if you get him in space against a linebacker, I think linebackers are going to have a very difficult time keeping up with his size, athleticism, and quickness and the total package. And then if you put on, you know, maybe a slot corner or a safety, then I think maybe his size might come into play, especially if it's against a, a slot corner. So, so those are the things. And even though I don't think he has much agility in terms of in the backfield of making somebody miss, I think once you get him in the open field, after a catch in particular, he's pretty elusive. So I do think that he has some elusiveness, ability to make plays after the catch. And to be honest with you, a couple of the questions that I had with him uh, were answered a little bit more at the Senior Bowl in terms of I thought he showed some better vision at the Senior Bowl. I know it's only a short, you know, a short sample, but I thought he showed better vision and an ability to get to the outside and be a pretty effective runner there. So to me, there's a lot of things I'm excited about uh, when I'm watching him play and breaking down. I have some concerns too, and I'm sure you're going to bring up some of them too. But those are kind of the things I really love about him. Yeah, I think the receiving ability is the first thing that stands out to me. You mentioned the 44 catches and the fact that he can play in the slot. I know the reports for all the senior bowl stuff that you just brought up was that he people couldn't really cover him down there. I personally would like to see him almost in a Jalen Samuel role where you play him at H-back, you play him at running back, you move him into the slot, you get him up where he's going to go up against nickel corners where he's going to be too big, or you sneak him out of the backfield, you get him in space. Because, like you said, his, his long speed is terrific. Like Once he gets going he's really good and you talked about his power and so for me this is difficult because i think there's a lot of things to like about balage but i think a lot of it is very inconsistent so i call him the josh allen of running backs where that's going to sound like a bigger insult based on the fact that people hate josh allen but you know (laughs) josh allen is kind of a third or fourth round prospect that people are talking about in the first round and balage is going to be a day three guy so there's the reason he's going to be a day three guy is because he has those inconsistencies but I think that if you get him with a creative play caller, there's a lot he can do because I do like him in space. And once he gets that speed up, because he's a big guy and big guys tend to take a little bit longer to get to their top speed, he's not really going to get caught. I think that's pretty rare, right? There are not going to be many 6'2", 230-pound guys in the NFL that you can move around and catch balls out of the backfield. And you know His ability to catch the football is terrific. Arizona State's quarterback wasn't necessarily accurate. There's one where he threw a... Uh, swing pass to him and he caught it off his shoelaces and Balazs turned up the field and ran for like 30 or 40 yards and there he shows the ability to high point the ball I I really like his ability to catch I think by far it's his greatest strength yeah I mean listen I'm right there with you on that and you know listen there are some people that are that are way down on Balazs and and I understand their rationale I, I truly do he doesn't have very good vision right now. He doesn't have that natural instincts, that natural running ability that you see with a lot of running backs, even a lot of running backs in this class. It's a really deep class. He's he's missing that. He has some inconsistency, even with in terms of his power and in, in terms of finishing runs. So that's an issue for me, but I'm not looking at him as a guy who I think should be a bell cow running back who should carry the ball 20 times a game. I don't think I don't think that suits him. I don't think that fits him. You mentioned the point there, which I think is spot on. It's all about landing spot. It's all about fit. Last year, 
on the Saturday Sunday Football Podcast, my co-host Macaracho and I, we talked at length about Alvin Kamara and how we were big fans. He was in our top five the entire pre-draft process. And then the skill sets that we loved about him weren't necessarily his natural running ability. We just thought he had an elite calling card and it was his ability to catch the ball, be utilized in space. And then it, it basically talent was a perfect marriage with landing spot. And he went to New Orleans and they knew how to maximize that skill set perfectly. And Balage is that same case. If he goes somewhere and they try just to run him into the line of scrimmage over and over and over, and that's all they do with him, then he's going to be a failure at the NFL, I believe. But if he gets with a coach that understands his you know, capabilities, what he can bring to the table and what he can't, I think he could really shine. You know, I've mentioned before that people forget these questions that we're asking about Kalen Balaj right now, they were asked very much about David Johnson when he was coming out of Northern Iowa. If people go back and bring up scouting reports on David Johnson, you're going to see things like questionable vision, not sure he's a natural runner. Maybe he should convert to an H-back or a slot wide receiver. And I'm not saying Kalen Blodge is going to go on to have a David Johnson-like career, but it just shows you that sometimes guys who are special athletes have a, a elite trait calling card like a pass receiving ability. You know, there's ways that they can maximize. David Johnson didn't start out as a bell cow back. They kept using and, you know, I think it was Andre Ellington and other guys on that team. And then he eventually took over the job later on in that first in his rookie year. But early in the year, they were just finding ways to get him the ball in space and stuff like that. So I do think that's the kind of thing that Kalen Blodge can do if he lands in the right spot. Yeah, absolutely. He's a guy that uh, there, there are certain backs where it almost doesn't matter where they're going to go. They're going to be successful players, and he's not one of them. And you're absolutely right. Like He's a guy you want to get creative with and take advantage of his skill set because even we're, we're talking on the eve of the combine. This will probably this podcast will drop at some point during the combine. I don't know if it'll come out before his 40 or after his 40, but people are <laughs> going to be excited about some of his athletic testing. And You mentioned some of his weaknesses, so I, I think he's got bad vision. It, it's questionable. It, sometimes he's if he just runs right to the left, there's a huge gap and he can probably break a touchdown and then he sees a guy to the right and then he runs right in the guy and then there are a couple concerns that i have like one he only averaged 2.5 yards after contact in his career and that that's pretty poor for a guy his size and he never broke more than 16 tackles in any season so for me like when you watch him you see the good because the good is so good and this is why i brought up the josh allen but there's so much bad and inconsistency but I think the, the the calling card and the reason I think that he's going to be an NFL player and can be a successful one is that his receiving ability is is very good for a running back. I think you could even play on the slot receiver and he could be successful. What he does really well is very important in today's NFL. And he does it at a unique size. So I really do think that he's got a lot of potential, like you said, but the landing spot is going to be really huge. And then one other weakness I've noticed about him is that I think he goes north-south better than he goes east-west so when they try to run these stretch plays his patience he starts dancing to the line of scrimmage he doesn't hit the hole hard he uh i don't think he necessarily has the best lateral ability so those are some concerns that i have in this game yeah i mean two things i want to bring up right there and you you basically uh was a perfect segue two things that were said by nfl coaches in the last 24 hours that i think are so prevalent in in today's evaluations of the running back prospects yesterday was new coach at the new york giants pat Shermer said i have a high opinion of what a running back brings to your offense i have no use where his exact quote for a running back that can't catch passes and then today 
uh, it was Kyle Shanahan said, you look for certain traits in guys. Sometimes guys will have elite speed. Sometimes it's quickness. Sometimes it's just their hands. If they don't have the full package, sometimes people slip on them and you try to get those guys into your building. If they have that elite trait, you can find a way to use it and maximize it. And I think those, especially Kyle Shanahan's quote, it is very much when I evaluate the running back position, what I'm looking for. I am looking for an elite trade or two in a prospect because there's a lot of guys in the NFL that are average to solid at lots of different things. And Justin Jackson is a, is a player who I think is a very solid running back at a Northwestern. I think he's got some good lateral agility. I think he's a solid at everything, but I don't think he has anything elite. I'd rather the guy who maybe struggles with vision a little bit right now, struggles with some other things, but has an elite calling card or two. And I think Balage offers that, that the athleticism and the pass catching to me are elite for a running back his size. So that's what I'm looking for. And I think that's kind of the wave of, of, of where the NFL is going now because, yeah, we all love to have a Le'Veon Bell but those are, or Ezekiel Elliott, but those are very few and far between. It's a lot of specialized roles, committee backfields, and maximizing talents. And if he's used in a way similar to Alvin Kamara where you know maybe he gets 10 carries but then five or six catches – I think Balaj could have an impact. I'm not saying he's going to have, you know, an Alvin Kamara impact, but used in a way like that. If I, if the, if you ask him to carry the workload 25 times a game, I think those inconsistencies, the vision concerns that you have, I think they're all valid, and I think they're going to, you know, kind of come to the forefront a little bit more than if he's used in a, in a, a multiple different ways. Yeah, I think that's really important, especially with the athletic testing numbers about to come back, come out, is that people are going to get very excited about him in a, in a hurry and. What it tells me is exactly what you just said, is that he's a specialty back where you use him in certain situations and he can really succeed in that. And that's not that's not a bad thing. Like, the NFL is a lot of that, like you just said. There are a lot of backfields that could use a piece like that. When you watch him play, is there someone that he reminds you of? Uh, I mean, two guys. I, I already mentioned David Johnson. That's more just the receiving ability and, and the size, not really his running. But I also, I also my co-host actually brought him up first on the podcast, uh, Matt. He mentioned Kenyon Drake, and I don't think it's the size. Type, the size is a little bit different. I think Kenyon Drake at the combine was like two twelve, and and Balaj obviously is at two twenty eight. But I see, I see some similarities too. Even their in terms of their college career, some similarities. Kenyon Drake wasn't a guy that was very productive. He had his moments at Alabama, but he he had a lot of question marks coming into the draft too. So kind of like almost like a blend of like what I can see Kenyon Drake and the the pass catching ability of a guy like David Johnson for that size and that athleticism, just creating those mismatches uh, against linebackers. And you mentioned it before, if you get him on like stretch, stretch plays or sweeps, I don't think, I think he's going to struggle. I think he's got to play in the inside gap scheme. And if you want to get him on the outside, it's got to be gap where he attacks the edges. It can't be stuff that's slow in terms of, you know, building up and waiting because that vision comes into play in the zone running scheme, I think he would be really poor right now because I don't think he sees the field well. I don't think he has that natural vision to play in his own running scheme. He's got to play in the gap attacking scheme and utilize that athleticism and burst to immediately see the hole and hit the hole and and then make plays you know, in the open field if he gets there. Because if you ask him to do too much, if you ask him to go laterally much, if you ask him to diagnose and find the lane and use his vision, I think he's going to struggle in those regards. I, I kind of like the Drake thing because it's going to be similar to the the one I have, and it's you're gonna I'm gonna say it and people are like nope he's way smaller than him but kind of a theoretic in terms of an ideal role 
for him in the NFL. You know, Riddick gets lined up a slot receiver. He gets split out of the backfield. He probably gets five to seven carries a game. Not really asked to use his vision, kind of more asked to use his receiving ability and create mismatches. And I think that's what Balaj's role is in the NFL. And I, I think it's valuable. I just think that people are going to get a little overexcited. And I, it sounds like we're pretty much on the same page in terms of his talent as a player and his value as a prospect. Do you have a place you would like to see him go? I mean, we talked about landing spot as everything, but do you have a place that you think he could thrive? You know, it's intriguing because I think you want to find him a place, like you just said, like the Lions, you know, in a role like that. So, like, off the top of my head, you know, it would be a team that kind of has – I think it would be intriguing, to be honest with you, in Tennessee. I think it'd be a really intriguing compliment to Derrick Henry, to be honest with you. I know, like, you don't think of, like, a change of pace receiving back as another monster guy in the backfield, you know, and they would have the most size and stature in, in that backfield. But Derrick Henry can't do much in terms of the receiving ability. He's more of just that check down guy. And if they're really going to open up the offense there, I think a, I think Mariota would do wonders with having a guy coming out of the backfield and an offensive chess piece that – you know, can really exploit defenses in different ways, you know, and with Henry there, it would basically take Bellagio off the hook a little bit in terms of being that, you know, heavy duty, you know, workhorse back in terms of, you know, rushes and carries. But I think you can sprinkle him in, you know, for like eight carries a game, maybe, but then you could really maximize that receiving ability, give Marcus Mariota, you know, an, an option. Cause let's be honest, you know, Mariota has not lived up to the hype right now. So I think a guy, like Balage could potentially offer him some easy pass plays to pick up some yards after the catch. And just, you know, if Corey Davis comes on this year, maybe they start to get, you know, some more offensive firepower there and take advantage of it. So I think a place like Tennessee might really work, but I'm sure if I went through it, there's a bunch of places that could use a guy, you know, in terms of that uh, receiving ability, change of pace and stuff like that. But it's really got to be a creative coach. I think that's even more important than current depth chart. It's got to be a guy, you know, that really understands what he can bring to an offense, you know, and listen, Kyle Shanahan had that quote today, you know, maybe San Francisco would be an ideal landing spot with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, they don't have anything set in stone there. You know, they have Matt Breida, they have Joe Williams, you know, I'm not sure Carlos Hyde's going to be back next year. You know, a coach like Kyle Shanahan, I think would do, would do well with him in terms of understanding what he can and can't bring to an offense. I love that point about the coach because the coach is as important as the role. So, because the, the team I would like to see him go to, surprisingly enough, doesn't have that coach with Jason Garrett. I don't necessarily know if I trust Jason Garrett, but I don't. I think Cole Beasley is kind of done. And I think with Zeke, he hasn't excelled necessarily in the passing game. And you get real creative if you had Balaj and Zeke on the field at the same time. And you could start doing a lot of things. So from the perspective of team, I would be excited to see that. I, I know you're a Giants fan. And you probably don't want to see one of these guys you just talked up go to the Cowboys. But I think it'd be fun to see him in the same backfield as Elliott and see if you could get creative. And that's kind of the same way you just talked up Derrick Henry. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, if he ended up with Dallas, you know, I think he'd be a guy. Like, listen, as a Giants fan, they never, they struggle covering running backs and they struggle covering tight ends and guys in the slot. Kalen Balage, you know, unless the Giants dramatically upgrade their linebacking corps, Kalen Balage could do a lot of work in that in that in that backfield coming out, catching the passes, it really would be, is Garrett creative enough? You know, we have guys, you know, all across the league now, a lot more guys being creative in terms of their offensive play calling. You know, I think Sean Payton, you know, is, is great at that. Obviously, Josh McDaniels in New England maximizes, you know, all his offensive pieces there. You know, obviously, Sean McAvey for the Rams, you know, and we'll see. 
I brought up Tennessee because they're hoping that they kind of bring that. Chicago's going to be intriguing to really follow this year with Nagy there. And then they brought uh, Mark Helfrich from Oregon, who's going to run a lot of, you know, college type stuff there to get their guys in space. I think Tariq Cohen's in for a big year because they're going to know how to maximize the skill set when John Fox and the previous regime there in Chicago didn't. So I think it's going to be so critical for Balaj. I think he could have an impact in year one if he's put in a position to succeed and the team knows what what he can and can't bring. Because it was obvious. We didn't even talk about his lack of production. I mean, that could have been at the forefront in terms of concerns of how pathetic it was, you know, at his time at Arizona State. But I think I think a lot of that falls on the coaching. He got 40 passes the year before. How do you only get him 20 catches for 90 yards in, in this in this final season there? Like that to me is just poor coaching. I understand they had a poor offensive line. Quarterback play was pretty inconsistent also. But talk about a coach, a scheme, not utilizing the talent you have there. I find it hard to believe he struggled as much as he did. But I think a lot of it falls on the coaching as well there at Arizona State. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, he really was not – I don't know how you go from a guy that's averaging 10.7 yards per reception on 44 receptions and becomes his ultimate weapon to a guy that we're not going to feature in the passing game. I think that speaks volumes on the coaching, not Balazs. Paul, I just want to thank you for joining us, man. I I know everyone's going to be really impressed with you after they listen to this. I know I was. So why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, so uh – you can find me on Twitter at Paulie23NY. You can check me out at the Saturday, Sunday football podcast. Uh, me and my co-host, Matt Caraccio, we've been doing that now for a couple years. Uh, this f- past year is the first year we put out our premium content. So we would love it if you uh, got over to the SaturdaySundayFootball.com website, checked it out for $9.99. You get four premium notebooks on the Google platform that are constantly updated in real time. Uh, we just converted our 2018 scouting notebook to pretty much an offensive uh, draft guide for the upcoming 2018 NFL draft, over 100 player evals, uh, tiered rankings uh, for just the draft, for fantasy football, Devi leagues, dynasty rookie leagues. And we're also uh, working on two other notebooks. One's called the Freshman Notebook, which uh, Matt is working on to put out all of uh, the top incoming freshman prospects for college football. And then the Draft Projections Notebook, which we'll put out closer to the draft, which is gathering everything that I've been hearing and trying to accurately predict the order in which all these prospects come off the board by position. Guys, I can tell you that Paul sent that over to me and it looks fantastic. So I can I can vouch for it and tell you guys that, that that's a, a great way to spend $10. Paul, I just want to thank you for coming on, man. It was it was a pleasure. Guys, you're listening to the Draft Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Elliot Chris. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, guys, we really appreciate you listening. Thank you.